Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Oh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. You guys know Sierra got married last year. It's a lot of work. Oh boy, was it. It's a lot to do. And one thing that really helped her figure out what to do first, where to access certain resources, how to get people to know where they were supposed to go for a wedding. Zola. With Zola, you can discover venues and find vendors easily. You can message and book vendors right on their website. And truly, when I say that that was the first part that we had to do and also one of the most intimidating and hardest, it's so nice to just have them all listed right there and be able to talk to them right there and then. They also have free planning tools, which is really helpful because you don't know what you don't know. And if when you go to Zola, you have a guest list manager, wedding website templates, a budgeting tool because dang, can a wedding get out of hand real quick? Mm-hmm. It could all eliminate so much stress and you'll save so much time all because it's like a one-stop shop. That's so true. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on your couch. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Hey guys, I'm Jerry. I'm Sierra. We're ladies. And we tangent. What's, What's up, up everyone? everyone? Hello. Hello. Okay. It's, uh, is this better? <laughs> are we better? Yes. Uh, we are in the new studio, but we... Mm-hmm. We tried to move the set as accurately and identically as humanly possible. And we do have Click Clack. Mosby is here with us. Don't worry. He he's will been. not be... He's still going to be the mascot boy. He's such a good boy. The comfort dog. He is. He's like doing fabulous here. He is. Which makes me feel like I need to get him out more often because I think he, despite how young and sprightly he appears, he is an old man. He is. He is eight years old. Seven. How many years have I been married? <laughs> I'll be married seven years this year. Yeah. Maybe. And yeah, so he's going to be eight this year. Mm. And um. I think he's just had enough of everyone's shit. Yeah, <laughs> he's like no. a puppy and toddlers. Absolutely not. Get me out of here. Yeah. He's so calm here. Mm-hmm. He feels very calm. Yes. Um. So, yeah. Uh, it, we're, it's still, again, a work in progress. So if uh-huh. you hear a little bit of echoing, it's we still have some like soundproofing to do. Mm-hmm. But the alternative would be not recording at all. So yes. we're doing the best we can um, to we give do you have, what you need this week. We have like two rugs. We've got some curtains over here. We do still need to do curtains along the back. Mm-hmm. Um, Shane was in the middle of doing those, and I thought he was done with them. And so when I put the curtains up and they fell, it was quite alarming. Do you guys um, remember? I, I need people to validate me in this. The movie Ghost Ship, the beginning of it, with the mm. freaking wire, the, it, it, that 
was happening, it snapped down, and immediately I was just like, <gasps> like <laughs> I had a, a memory that wasn't actually mine. It was from a yeah. movie, and it terrified me. So uh, let me know that I'm not crazy, and that you all <laughs> I think still I think do. about that movie too. <laughs> I think I do know what you're talking about, but I tried not to watch scary movies. If I could avoid it. I never wanted to. Every scary movie that I watched was against my will. It was like at a sleepover. <laughs> I did not consent. <laughs> no, I didn't. It was always at a sleepover. And they were like, if you don't watch this, you're a freaking loser. And I was like, well, I guess I'm watching Arachnophobia <laughs> and I'm 10. <laughs> like, Whatever. Fun. I guess turn up it. I can't hear the balloon. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Now my um, life is fucked. Yeah. But it's fine. So, yeah, we're here. And if we, you, are. we are still, like Sierra said, we're working on it. But like this, I feel like is significantly better. We spent a lot of time walking from here to the front of the office, clapping and, and, and doing a different noise things. And we were like, this sounds different to me. It's, it's, a, it's at least better. Yes. We'll say that. Yes. It is at least better. Yeah. And we're also going to be more cognizant of like how animated and loud we get. Um, but just for now. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, get back yeah, yeah. to being like. Silly no, we're still going to be silly goofy, but like maybe don't scream sing Whitney Houston in the middle of <laughs> not. <laughs> so on. fun. That's so fun. Anyway. So fun. Speaking of things we're cognizant of, uh, if I seem different or I'm talking different, I just want you to know that I did get Invisalign this last week. I've told her over and over again that like I keep forgetting because I cannot tell. I don't have my trays in right now, but even when I do, I feel like it's it's not like that big of a difference, but I do have like bumps. Anybody who has had Invisalign knows what I'm fucking talking about. You have like glue resin bumps on mm, your teeth mm-hmm. because it's like extra pressure on the tooth yep. to like move it. Um, so I have those and I'm to very bully the tooth oh, in position. Yeah, I'm fucking very aware of them yeah. even now. And I was going to if you have Patreon, we are going to do a Patreon episode after this. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have Patreon, I'll probably put in my trays. And I don't think it's that much of a difference, it's but definitely I, I'm aware of it. So I feel like I would be tripping up on my words and I don't want to do that. Yeah. And right month. now on this episode, Sears, like I'm already like hyper aware of what I'm saying. Very I don't want to be like <laughs> also <laughs> battling trays. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been happening can, for me this week. Can I tell you what happened um, last night at Sam's? Uh, oh, oh, I kind of know. I think a little bit. You do know a little, but I want to explain to you like what happened. Okay, please. First, before we start, I'm going to turn the heat off because I'm fucking sweating. Yeah. Could you? She's dramatic. She is dramatic. And I love her. Um, I do want to say that it's been very funny for people to say that our plants are going to do really well now above ground. These are fake plants. These, these ones are. We, these do are have, fake. We, we finally bought real ones because we have sunshine now. Yeah. But like these And ones. I've been really into plants. I've been really yeah. into taking care of plants. I think I'm, I I'm learn. getting the hang of it. You are. Um, I'm Shane and I, for our wedding, did a, a, a peace lily that we both dumped um, dirt in from our childhood homes. Oh. And, um, That's interesting. You kill it? Oh, immediately. Mm. So fast. Well, to be fair, I gave it to my parents um, when we went on our honeymoon to just like look after. And my dad did leave it in his car for days and we got married in June. So like it was like brown. Good. It did come back to life, but then I did kill it again. The person was like, these are the easiest plants to keep alive. And I've already seen that is the most demanding dramatic plant that we have. I, we don't have I don't want to gaslight plants, plant. but that piece, Lily, she is drama she is she needs to be completely perfectly she needs she to be needs. attended to all the time it, or else she's like 
Yeah. I'm not. Um, she's so wilty. And yeah. I'm like, okay. I'm like, she is a thirsty bitch. That's what I call her all the time. I'm like, this bitch is thirsty. Honestly. Anyway. Before we start your story, I mm-hmm. do want to say, because I'm wearing merch that I'll probably take off because it is hot yes. in here. But I did want you to see this. Um, because at this point, mm-hmm. you can still buy Moment Show tickets. Yes. Um, so. You can still see the Palantine special. And it's at a discounted price because it is uh, video on demand. So yeah. you can uh, get it for $10 at moment.co slash ladies and tangents. Yes. And you can still buy merch. You mm-hmm. have to buy a ticket to buy merch. But again, it is discounted yeah. price. And. You just have to, I mean, you also still get the show. Yeah. But then, yeah, you can get any of this merch as well. And it's going to be on demand for just a little bit longer. If you want to see Corey just eat a fistful of beans for no fucking reason. That man. (laughs) I was like, you are so, I I know he's funny because I wouldn't be with someone who's not funny. But sometimes he just really shows me why we should still be together. no impulse control. It's amazing. The more I spend time with him, the more I'm convinced that he and I are the same person. Do you person. see why I'm with him? Like, yeah, he is because you're in love with you. me. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said to Sierra, because we played a game of like most likely to, and we had these sticks with our faces on it. Mm. And when I was putting them together, I'm like, oh my God, Corey and I look like siblings and you and Shane look like siblings. We don't even look like the ones who are related. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. But yeah, it was really, it's, it's a good time. So if you want mm-hmm. to, there is some fun stuff in the wind down as well. Um, yes. We do find out that Corey should be probably a makeup artist. <laughs> and that Sierra and I don't know the difference between mascara and uh, brow products. Turns out. <laughs> what the fuck? We traded because like obviously Corey is lighter complected. So like my makeup matches him and vice versa. Sierra's matches Shane. But like her brow stuff I thought was mascara and vice versa. She thought my brow stuff was mascara. So both of the men were like crying because it's we put the wrong product in their eyes very funny to watch it the esthetician inside me was screaming the whole time because yeah. you're also not supposed to use makeup products on other people but i was like yeah. it's fine it's all for the show but so yeah if you still want to, and no one that, has pink eyes it's been almost a week we're good we're fine <laughs> Corey did have to like wash his eyes like multiple oh, times i'll tell you it's fine i was like welcome to being me because you know how I get home and I'm like immediately trying to scrub mm-hmm. my makeup off? Now you fucking know why. Well, I would just like everyone to know that, you know, if you do get it, you will find out why everyone was calling me peanut butter baby. So <laughs> best best wishes with that. Okay. So last night. Yes. Tell me all about it. My sister wanted to go to a sporting event and she was like, hey, would you be up for watching Manny putting him um, down to bed, whatever? And I'm like, yeah, I can do that. So it was just you, right? Just me. Okay. So she brought him over to my house. She brought dinner. And so the kids ate and they played. And then right around his bedtime, I took him home and I was doing his bedtime routine. Mm. Now, my sister lives in a very old Victorian house. It is a very historic old. home. Like there is a closet in that house that has um, vintage garb, like from the oh. time of when it was. And they're not allowed to fuck with it, right? That's they're, a part yeah, they're of not the really well, historic home. That's a part of it, but also like during the parade of homes, they're supposed to wear those. Ew. I know, I know. I don't know that they ever have. <laughs> um, do they still do the parade? Of homes I don't know. Here? I don't know. Especially with like COVID, I don't know what the parade of homes deal is. But oh my god, that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> we are above ground and on a street, and so like we forget that cars are gonna go by and just be bumping shit. Yeah, because I th- I thought someone was in the space Hello? with us. I was like, hey, sweet tunes, but who are you? <laughs> anyway, um, so 
Also, she went viral on TikTok because they found this boarded up piece of her that. basement. Yeah, it like, was it's, on my For You page. And I was like, that's yeah. my cousin. Yeah, it's it's pretty sketch. Anyway, um, it is cause haunted. Didn't they believe that it was like part of the Underground Railroad? Yes, as well? allegedly. There, there are a few Ohio homes around here yes. because this, what, this town like was part of that yes. so there are a few that like historically they can't they can't verify it and they can't guarantee it but there are some things about the house itself that like would lend one to believe that it's a possibility mm-hmm. um like outside there is a tree stump that's actually not a tree stump it's, it's like a, a manhole hi- it's like a hiding place yeah. yes uh, yeah. yes um so anyway the reason I tell you that is because I want you to know that it's spooky dookie in there <laughs> okay. it is it is her and I were sitting at the uh, table in the dining room and we were talking about something and like she was mentioning how sometimes the lights will surge and then as we're talking about that the closet door that has all of the vintage garb opened and I'm like well I hate that um, actually I think it happened when she was doing a tarot reading for me no yes so also she the has the... like hello baby <laughs> you know what I'll just show myself I'm coming out of the closet um the one room, the their sitting room, has a, a authentic, like, original organ in there because that's where they used to yeah. hold the wakes. They used to hold the funerals there. Noah like, that's where the that. bodies were. <gasps> Wait. Yes. Back in the day? Yes. They would just have your wake in the home? Yes. I hate that. Yes. So, um, anyway... I take Manny. I don't like go if if there's no one else there. I don't feel comfortable in her home um, unless I'm in the part that's like not technically a part of the original house, which is her Four Seasons room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, also, where her primary bedroom and closet and bath is is actually a step lower than the rest of the house because that was the quote-unquote servants servants quarters yes and they were not allowed to be on the same level Level. as the owners um or or i've heard so just like to give you an idea of like there's a there is a lot of probably energy attached to this house yes so i took manny up to his room we did his bedtime routine he went down no problem um sam did mention like hey he may kind of like fuss a little bit when you leave but he'll stop basically immediately and I'm like, okay, cool. So I close the door. He does stop fussing almost immediately. And then I start walking to the back steps, which is in the quote unquote servants quarters. And um, I hear crying again uh-huh. and I stop and I'm like, oh, did he, is he like having a hard time? And so I pause and I, but it, it didn't sound like his cry. I heard a cry, but I was like, was that him? And so I stood still for a second. And you said it was like a small... I'm not done yet. Okay, okay. I'm not done yet. All right. So I heard that and I was like, that didn't sound like his cry, but it definitely was a cry and I'm not hearing it now. Maybe it was just like... It's not a goat. Maybe maybe it was one last like... And then he was out. Because I'll tell you, my cat sometimes, I'm like, is that a newborn crying? And it's just my cat and heat. heat. Yeah. (laughs) So I go downstairs and even though everything in my body is like go out into the Four Seasons room. I am like, well, what if that was him crying and he mm-hmm. is upset? I need to stay in the house so I can hear him. Text my sister. I'm like, hey, do I need a monitor of any kind? And she's like, no, you'll be fine. And so I'm, I am trying to challenge everything in my body that's saying, go get out of the house. And I'm like, go in the living room. Just sit in the living room. Mm-hmm. Just sit in there. You're fine. 
Um, oh, mind you, I pull into her house. It's dark, but I can see flashing lights in the front door because uh. Manny left his um, bumper car on. Scary. So scary because it was parked directly in the doorway to the dining room. It's like, blah, blah, Yes, blah. in the dark. <laughs> Oh so I shut that off, but I'm telling myself it's a kid, it's a toddler. He left it on. Not a big deal. Sam said they probably did that. So now he's in, he's asleep. I'm sitting doing my Sudoku puzzles because that's been my new favorite thing to do. I've just been doing oh, Sudoku fun. puzzles like on paper, not on my like not on an app. Yeah. Analog, if you will. You know, the old time. Yeah. Timey thing. And so I'm sitting there. I'm watching you on my not you as in you as a person. Was the, like, show. No, the show. The show you. I? on my phone and i'm doing the puzzles and then i hear a newborn baby cry no from the front of the house kind of up near where the top of their front stairs that's a very specific cry very specific cry yeah and right before literally right before i heard it i thought i wonder if any of sam's ghosts are going to show themselves to me and then i heard the baby crying Mm. and yeah so I just I decided after that that uh, I was good to go outside. Manny Goodbye. was probably fine. She checked one more time. He was sleeping. And I was like, this is your house, baby. I'll see you later. And they have radiators. Mm. And because it was like warm the other day, but then it got cold yesterday, the radiator was basically screaming at me and like knocking and hissing and being like, Ooh. and I was like, no. I can't do this because no. I can't tell if that's a demon or the heat kicking on. I'm not going to. Old houses freak me the fuck out mm. like when people are like you want to build that's a lot i'm like i want to be the only person that's inhabited my house forever because mm. i don't like i'm fine with it i've had a couple houses where there's been energy yep. definitely inside the house but like the one i'm in now doesn't and right. when i tell you it's the most peace yes I'm at such peace in my home Is there it are just certain places really small I... but like i don't feel shit and i feel like so comfortable in my house my parents home is not small yeah but there's so much energy there that it feels suffocating yes yeah i've been in homes like that and i don't want to be i don't want to yeah no no hard pass hard pass so sorry Sam. (laughs) anyway that was the most notable thing i had to tell we've just been in the office all week you know what we have done because we talked about it a little bit but we didn't talk about it what? was Rihanna's birthday. Oh, yes. Just kidding, but the Super Bowl. I was going to say paint the bathroom, but I did paint the bathroom, we but we can go to the Super Bowl. Oh, I was just going to say, I, fuck the sports show. So Rihanna good. is a fucking... I haven't stopped listening to her. I've played mm. Rihanna playlist every... Mm-hmm. I'm so happy for her because I just saw that like it was incredible. She has like 650 percent more streams. Mm-hmm. She's got like a shit ton of more on her like Fenty Beauty yep. and like just goddamn it. Representing, it was really beautiful to see someone who is a new mother and also pregnant again, mm-hmm. still doing the damn thing and being like, yeah, we aren't just mothers. We aren't just women who mm-hmm. had babies. We aren't just like, we can be so much more. We can be sexy. We can be badass. We can yes. be fucking like, she is a fucking queen in that moment. And mm-hmm. it was like, yeah, she had the amount of men I saw in comments. <laughs> First of all, I mean, I could rant for days about the people who want to 
talk shit on any super yes. bowl I'm, I'm like who the fuck are you you hey if you just can't do it be entertained yeah like shut God up damn. shut the fuck up but like you just think, at this point you just want to be mad about something that's thank what it seems you like. and there are some people who will do it every single time and it's yes. like i get it it's not your genre of music but shut up because you're, you're you're miserable yeah you're sad just say Sorry. that <laughs> like, it's easier if you just say that stop projecting it onto the super bowl performance literally but it was just cool even if you didn't like her music i mm-hmm. thought it was so cool how like you could see her just like owning that shit and the amount yes. of men who were like Oh, I mean, I'm just saying I wouldn't let my baby mama be on a platform oh. that I was like, hey, shut the fuck up. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> but let her be on a platform. Yeah. And she was just she killed it. So yep. I just wanted to shout that out because it was awesome as someone who is a new mom mm-hmm. and an old mom to like see someone as <laughs> to a new mom. moms and old and fucking, in the process. Yeah, dude, doing it and being like, I can still fucking rock this mm-hmm. shit and you're going to love it. So, and I also would her. like to let everyone um, know that Daddy Rach um, had her baby. Speaking of new mommies. So if you are also um, a fan of Rachel from For Better and Worse Podcast, uh, she did just have baby Elsie. She She's is here mom. with us. It's really rough on me and Jerry because we are both so set on not having any more kids. But it's mm-hmm. like, uh-oh. <laughs> I literally sent her a screenshot today and said me every time I see Elsie. And it was, how much is it to reverse a vasectomy? <laughs> So hard. I was four days late on my period, and I blame Elsie because yeah, I'm because like, am like- I manifesting a pregnancy right now? <laughs> no, oh I know that I don't want that again. But at the same time, like when I see her there and she's like so glowing and happy oh. with her new baby, I'm like, I remember this. She's days. really that in was- that postpartum bliss right now. Ugh. Ugh. Do mm. I love that shit? I just know what comes out. <laughs> yeah, I don't I want know. that. You have to like tell yourself that. No, you're gonna be fine, Rachel. Comes, you're you're gonna, gonna be fine. Great. You're never gonna experience anything negative ever in the world. No, Everything no, no, is no, bliss no. from Everything here on is out. So beautiful. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't want to do me, that. For me, personally, mm-hmm. it wasn't. Anyway, um, okay. Do you have more? That's it. That's all I got. All right. You guys ready for uh, our topic? Yeah. You guys know what it is. You already saw the fucking title. It doesn't matter. I've, yeah, shut I up. always it's forget. A surprise. <laughs> Do you need more of the blanket? No, I'm okay. Because I was going to say you can Thank have you. some. Mosby left me, so. I know. He's on the floor. Oh, sweet. He's sweet. trying not to fall asleep. I think he's like, he feels like he's working. Yeah, he's like, like he's on, to... I'm on patrol. I'm, I'm on, on patrol. patrol. <laughs> he keeps running to the door every time he sees like a shadow. Like, it's okay. Yeah. It's good. Okay, so today our topic is going to be. We actually got a couple of people who um, suggested this. Mm-hmm. So the last time we did a Patreon live, I saw it multiple times and I was like, yeah. okay, okay, you're right. I've I seen it on comments. To do this. So we're going to talk about attachment theories. And then as soon as I said on Patreon that I was planning on doing it, I got, I'm so sorry. I don't remember your name. I have it in my phone, but I don't have it on me. Um, I got a Instagram message saying, my therapist had me take this quiz. Um, and this is my whatever yeah. if you want to take the quiz on attachment theories and so then I took the quiz I had you take the quiz and I was like let's fucking talk about quite it quite shocked by the answers I'd say me too <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely so that is what we will be talking about today I yes. also do want to say that me and Jerry did go to have some drinks and that we're not trying to have a silly goofy time but at the same time this is a little a bit touchy. of a touchy t- <laughs> Not that we want to encourage or support uh, 
<laughs> self-medicating in any way. But at the same time, th- this is more of a difficult um, topic for us to talk mm-hmm. about so- in a way. So, like, Well, and I said this at lunch. I said, um, you know, we there are things that we want to talk about. That we and, think it's important. And we normally will wait until it feels right or we feel like we're in a good enough place to talk about it. But that doesn't mean that the place that is good enough to talk about it is still like a healed, happy place. It's just we feel ready to handle the hard. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think so. So that's what we're going to do. I'm going to start off by telling you my sources. Okay. We have an article on psychcentral.com by Sandra Montijo, Montijo and Sandra Silva Casabianca which was medically reviewed by licensed clinical psychologist Jacqueline Johnson, and it was titled, Anxious in Relationships? You Can Change Attachment Styles. And then I have another psychcentral.com article by Morgan Mandriata, medically reviewed by licensed clinical psychologist Lori Lawrence, called, Here is How to Identify Your Attachment Style. And then I have a menshealth.com article by Milan Polk called, What's Your Attachment Style? The Answer Could Save Your Relationship. And Wikipedia. <laughs> and all of these will be listed in the show notes. We're going to link them in the show notes. Yep. Yes. Okay, ready? Uh, along with the uh, quiz that you can take to find out your own. Yes. So here's a question I have for everyone listening. And you. And anyone. Okay, okay. Do you ever find yourself running into the same issues every time you're in a new relationship? Maybe you always find yourself putting distance between you and your partner. Or you avoid long-term relationships altogether for fear of getting hurt. Or maybe you're always anxious for validation and you worry your partner doesn't love you as much as they say you do. Mm -hmm. If any of these traits sound familiar, it could have something to do with your attachment style. Which which everyone has. Yes. Part of a theory about how different people feel secure in their relationships. Understanding attachment theory and how you fit into it might give you some helpful insights into your love life. So, number one, I would like to say, again... We're not psychologists. These are all just mm-hmm. things from this. We're not experts on this in any this way. This is your your besties, your big sister, your internet aunt, talking finding about- some stuff and talking about our experience and understanding of it. Yes. And then but I also want to say what we're going to tell you, I hope, I hope, I hope, is in a way validating to you. But I also want everyone here to understand that validation is not an excuse. Mm-hmm. So I don't want you to say, Oh, that's the way I am, because I did have an ex who would say I'm this way because of this. And, and I, it's I just can't the way change. I am. Yeah. That's and not that true. can't be the way that is. Oh, that's so and so. That's just who they are. You just have to, that's no. who they are. No, you don't. Or is that hurting other people? Okay, then they don't have to be that way. Yes. And I can understand if something, uh, some kind of behavior or pattern of behaviors comes from a, a we've talked about maladaptive behaviors yes. that once came from a good place they were protective they were a necessary survival, a primal place right but at the same time these are things that you can um change you have to recognize when it is has become negative yeah and uh try to unlearn some things that's 100%. all about just again the human experience you're yeah. never going to be the same forever but understanding is the first part. Yes. And, and so accepting. that's what we can. Yes. Understanding, accepting, doing it. It's all one part. It's all the first part. It's, all, <laughs> it's, the, it's one of the hardest parts, to be honest. Yeah. So, OK, let's just talk a little bit about what attachment theory is. Now, this comes straight from Wikipedia. Okay? Got it. 
Attachment theory is a psychological, evolutionary, and ethological theory concerning relationships between humans. The most important tenet is that young children need to develop a relationship with at least one primary caregiver for normal social and emotional development. And this theory was formulated by psychiatrist and psychoanalyst John Bowlby, which was like way back in the fucking, I want to say 19, early 1900s. Okay. Um, within the attachment theory, infant behavior associated with attachment is primarily the seeking of proximity to an attachment figure in stressful situations. So this is all about infants who then a lot of it depends on the age between like six months to like two years. Mm -hmm. So very much when infants decide I want to go out and explore the world and learn new things, but they need a secure attachment figure to come back to. Right. And I... um. When I read uh, What Happened to You, they spent a lot of time um, discussing how your attachment style really impacts a lot of your, um, oh, I forget what the fucking word is, but basically how you perceive the world oh, and huge. whether or not you view things as a threat or not, whether yes. or not you feel stable or feel like you can self-regulate. And the majority of that happens from infancy to two. Yeah, it's like six months to two years old, which, by the way, I will say this now. I almost said it at lunch, but I wanted to save it. It is heartbreaking a little bit for me. I'm going to get emotional because I know that's when me and Noah's dad split up. And so he had to be separated from me or his dad for like a week at a time. So, like, I know he has anxiety issues. It's why he goes to a therapist. But, like, it's sad when I read this that I realized that, like, oh, that might have been because he was separated from me. At an age where it was so, like, he didn't realize yeah. what the fuck was going on. Do I think that now it was a, probably a good thing? Yes, because he never remembers me and his dad being right. together, and I don't think it... It's easy to look back at that and be like, oh my gosh, this could have been a source, but what was the alternative? Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Right. And you won't know what the alternative would have also caused, and then you would have been like, oh my gosh, had I just created a earlier. new normal sooner? Yeah, the, yeah, you can't go with the coulda, shoulda, woulda, you know? Yeah. So I hope I just wanted to say that in case anyone else was having that thought. I had the same fucking yeah. thought and like exactly what you said. Um. All right. So during the latter part of this period, closer to the two years of age, children begin to use attachment figures as a secure base so they can explore and return back to them. Um, but parental responses lead to the development of patterns of attachment which lead to internal working models, which will guide the individual's feelings, thoughts, and expectations in their later relationships. Mm -hmm. So separation anxiety or grief following the loss of an attachment figure or an attachment figure who maybe doesn't know how to properly respond to a child right. um, is considered to be a, a, a response, like hinders this response for right. the infant. Um, and then these behaviors may have evolved because they increase the probability of survival of the child. So, so the child, the entire reason this whole thing was supposed to be like that it makes sense that it happened was because children needed to be able to survive in the world. And they do that because they can fucking figure out this I, is I my secure base. Yes. And I need to see how they react to me so I can know how the world will react to me so I can right. learn how to adapt in this world. Right. There's a creator on TikTok, and I wish I had my phone to be able to tell you their name, um, but they've come up so many times on our For You page, and they're basically like, 
almost dancing and doing some kind of interpretive arm motions and talking about their parenting style and how they basically, um, I actually used this one that they shared. Um, they were talking about if their child was spitting on a friend and as a toddler, like that is a very normal um, age appropriate behavior, but mm-hmm. like it's not socially appropriate and it's also not hygienic. And so instead of scolding the kid and saying like, don't do that, it was, if you want to spit, let's go outside and spit. We'll spit yeah. together. And then later, um, once you're feeling close, you discuss like, why is that happening? Because and- in the moment, Yes. If you try to talk about it in that moment, they can shut down and feel that shame and like, mm-hmm. fuck, I wasn't supposed to do that. And mm-hmm. then it, it becomes, because you feel shame, I don't want to talk to you about why I was doing that. Yes. I don't feel safe. Yes. Um, my kids were spitting and I was like, let's go outside. Let's go. We'll spit outside. Yep. And this is, this if you this is something you want to do, this is a behavior Fine. you feel like you need to get but out. Let's go this outside. This is where we do it. Yes. Um, so I tried it and it was actually kind of like empowering to reframe instead of like you do what I say because you're the kid and I'm the adult and you're supposed to show me quote unquote respect. Right. Like that's just that. They it, don't understand the concept no. of respect because how the fuck would they know what that means? Right. Or why you're trying to instill that right. in them. And they don't get that. And the reason I brought that up is because you were saying like, you know, a, a baby kind of decides or like a, a infant, a new person decides like how you react to me is how the rest of the world is going to react to me. And I want my kids to feel safe with me and to, learn but also not be afraid and I get to set the tone for the relationships that they'll have in the future because you know that then if they realize like oh if I mess up and this person doesn't fucking scream at me that's not a normal behavior right so then when I go out and try to find a romantic relationship and they do that's a red flag yes and I don't need to be around this person right easily shut it down right away but if you are if you are accustomed to someone making you feel shame Small. when you make a mistake, mm-hmm. then you'll feel like it's justified yes. if a romantic partner does it or if a boss does it or because if a friend not, does it. It's not them overreacting. It's I'm bad. Yes. I'm being bad in and this that's, moment. That's and that's, that's an appropriate response because I'm a bad person. That's the message that's thing. being reinforced. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I've said this on here before, but my friend had mentioned it one time in um, her YouTube video. Uh, that, and I don't know if she got it from somewhere either. Anyway, basically the premise was infants, babies, kids are like aliens. And if you had someone from another planet come here for dinner, how would you treat them? Right. Would you force them to eat? Would you force them to sit? Would you force them to do things the way that you do them? Or would you try to make them understand, but respect where they're at? Yeah. And kind of try to understand where they're coming from. Yeah. And so that that mentality helped me so much when I was becoming a mom because I would look at my kid and I'm like, you don't know. You, how you would don't you know? know. Instead of putting intent on your actions, like a baby, oh, they're crying because they're trying to manipulate you. Do you really think a baby even knows what manipulation they don't fucking is? fucking have any idea As what that is. As a full-grown adult, I'm not even 100% sure if and when if I'm doing it. That's what I'm it. doing it. And you know why? It's because I don't even know what the fuck that is because no one explained that to me. And when they told me what it was, that wasn't, what I thought I was doing. No. Yeah. Because anyway. these are survival tactics yes. that I've learned. Yes. Because I wasn't allowed to just be a human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, research of attachment theories was then developed by um, psychologist Mary Answorth in the 1960s and 70s. So she kind of took this and was like, I'm going to build upon it, um, upon the like basic concepts. And she introduced the concept of the secure base, 
and de developed a theory of a number of attachment patterns in infants, which were secure attachment, avoidant attachment, and anxious attachment. And then later in the 1980s, um, a fourth pattern was brought on. Introduced. Disorganized attachment. Um, and then the theory was extended to attachments in adults. So it, a long time, this was just like, this is children. And then it's like, actually, I think this probably happens because. It lasts. Yeah, for sure. Because mm -hmm. of course it does. Um, other interactions may be construed as including components of attachment behavior. And these include peer relationships mm -hmm. at any age, romantic relationships, uh, and sexual attract attraction and responses to the care needs of infants or the sick or elderly. So again, it's all, if this is what you know, this is what you do. And if you don't try to learn any differently, it makes sense that you would repeat the pattern. But well, think about it. This is why we're trying to tell you this so that the pattern can be broken. Yes. Because it's not good. Well, if you're a baby, like I said, and, and we're imagining that babies are from a different planet and they have no idea what the fuck is up with Earth. Mm -hmm. Honestly, same babies. But... <laughs> Seriously, especially it, recently. Your caregivers are the ones who are supposed to give you the rule book. And so in my mind, I'm, I'm equating a rule book to your attachment style as far as relationships goes. Okay, I'm learning that if I cry, I'm going to be ignored. Yeah. If I show emotion, I, I'm not going to get what I, what I feel I need. If I have anger, then I'm going to be labeled something negative. So, okay, I'm, I'm learning. These are the rules. Don't do this if you want to be close or mm -hmm. if you want to feel cared for. Don't do these things. And so when you get older, you all you've done throughout your infancy and childhood and adolescence is collect these rules. Learn to adapt. And you try to apply those to other pe relationships with people. But guess what? They have their own rule book. Yeah. And it's a separate one. And I think what you're, you're getting at... a minute. Yeah, I think what you're getting at is like... When you're older and you can see, okay, my playbook looks completely fucking different than mm -hmm. yours. You have to actively choose to continue following yours. Or to learn to adapt. Or to learn to adapt. And, and it's okay to question it, but I do understand that it's hard because guess who helped you make that? Do you know what is one of the most empowering things I've done as an adult human who has children now mm. that I've seen? in Noah and that I love because as a child I remember a lot if I I was a child that questioned a lot of shit mm -hmm. I wanted to know things and I remember this specifically in regards to religion and I was always met with like defense yes. and like anger and asking questions or people just being like because I said don't fucking yep. ask mm -hmm. and it wasn't like <laughs> because they said yeah. got it put it in the book <laughs> and like one of my favorite things that I do when Noah like questions me on stuff that honestly I don't know yes. the answer to is I just say you know what I actually don't know great question because I do not know mm -hmm. and I know back then they didn't have Google but like a lot of times me and Noah Google things together and we find out together but like I don't want to pretend that I know everything. I think what's amazing, because when I was a child, I thought adults know it all. Yep. They are so fucking smart that they get it. And then I became do, an and adult and I'm like, and then you guys don't know shit. They, the only reason they're saying because they said so is because they don't want me to know. They, need, they, to, they, ha know. they need to have all the power. Yeah. And if they share it with me, then they don't have that one up. No, when they say that 
they're just hiding the fact that they don't know. Yeah, it's like my favorite thing. It's to not because you're not no old one. enough to it's know. It's like I just don't know. To be mm. honest, I don't know. Great question. There's a lot of things I don't know, and then when you get this age, you won't know. Right. But that's the power of learning. It's right. fun. And I think that shows because I believed the rule book mm-hmm. that I was given. You know, when I was learning how to how to people mm-hmm. was was definitive yeah it was like written in stone that's Mm -hmm. just the way that's just the way it is um turns out no no and so i i like rule book i like that now with our kids we're able to say okay as of this point this is what i think Mm -hmm. but it could change and we can go back and we can make edits to it as as often as we want finding out that you could edit shit was fucking awesome because it's like this doesn't have to be how you act and it's set in stone. It's like, hey, if I know better, I do better. Mm-hmm. What a fucking concept. Mm-hmm. That you can and learn. that can change your relationships. It can also change your perception of yourself. Like, yeah. I can edit the way that I view myself. Yeah. And sometimes and it's hard. Beautiful. It's very hard. But, but I but can. It's, but it's, you're able to do it. Right. Um, okay. So, Bowlby, who is this original person who. I can't. Isn't that someone in um, uh, Jimmy Neutron? Probably. Bulby. I think it's a foreign exchange student. I don't know. Might be. Okay, but he, he believed that because of this evolution, infants and toddlers were monitoring their parents to see what strategies would allow them to mm-hmm. stay close. Mm-hmm. And that was the whole point of it. What can I do to make you happy so you keep me around, basically? Well, yeah, because I, I am 100% reliant on you. And again, it's it's not even like they're manipulating. They, 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 that is a biological, evolutional thing that's happening in their brain that they don't even realize is happening. We right. didn't realize it when it was happening to us, mm-hmm. but it was happening to us. Right. Hey, guys, we know that we're discussing a pretty heavy topic right now, but we are going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. I am obsessed with clothes. Oh, yeah. It's a problem for me. It's a problem for my closet. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's why I'm so excited to be sharing Newly with our audience because Newly is a way to try out trendy styles, colors, silhouettes, all different kinds of things that maybe you've been interested in but are like going to make your bank cry. Mm-hmm. Now you can rent them for a period of time and then you just ship them back for just $98 a month you get your choice of any six styles each month access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing that's another beautiful thing Mm -hmm. because a lot of places may not have options for everyone and this has so much diversity not only in the brands that they offer but also they have fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility. Plus the option to buy what you love. It's fun, it's sustainable, and you can save because you get to try out a bunch of stuff that you like or maybe you're like, I don't know, maybe I would like this. And then you get it and you're like, "Ah, I don't think that's for me. But there's no commitment to buy it unless you really do love it. And you're like, you actually can't have this back, Newly. I'm keeping it. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off of your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code TANGENTS20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code TANGENTS20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com. Newly with two U's with code TANGENTS20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Do you think seeing a therapist or psychiatrist would be helpful, but you don't have the time to actually find one and meet with them? 
or afford them? Try Talkspace. By doing everything online, Talkspace has made getting the help you want easy, accessible, and affordable. Honestly, a lot of times you make that appointment at your appointment you already have. I don't know when I'm going to schedule my breakdown. I don't know when I'm going to need to talk to somebody. And with Talkspace, it's so nice because you can send messages to your therapist so you don't have to wait for your next session. Talkspace therapists can help with any specific challenges that you might be facing. And it's the number one online therapy platform with licensed therapists in over 40 specialties, including anxiety, depression, substance abuse, relationship issues, so much more. Plus, therapy can help you find the tools to cope in difficult times and just be a guiding light. So like maybe you're not going through something really intense, but you just have like, I don't know, a work issue or something going on with a friend of yours that you just need an outsider's perspective and Talkspace is amazing for that. They also are in network with most major insurers so check in on that. Yeah, absolutely. If you got it. Plus, as a listener of this podcast, you'll get $80 off of your first month with Talkspace when you go to Talkspace.com slash tangents and enter promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash tangents and enter promo code SPACE80 to get $80 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's Talkspace.com slash Tangents, promo code SPACE80. Ladies and Tangents is sponsored by Claritin. Luckily for those that live with symptoms of allergies, you can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I will tell you, it's so funny because in my household, Corey recently was like, I think I'm getting a cold. I'm getting a cold. I'm getting another cold. I'm like, hey, babe, I think you have allergies. I think maybe you just need to pop one of these pills. And guess what? All of his symptoms went away. I'm like, "Mm, I don't think it's a virus. I think it's just weeds. (laughs) And I also know that whenever I go to Sierra's house, my allergies kick into place because of a certain pet. (laughs) So true. And thankfully, I'm able to enjoy all my time there. Now, just after I take a little Claritin D, clears me right up. All my (laughs) symptoms are just like, what cat? (laughs) Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes. Get non-drowsy relief for allergy symptoms with Claritin D. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful release is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Modern Fertility is an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. Mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within six business days. You'll get insight into your hormone levels like your ovarian reserve and other important factors that can impact your fertility. Which is super helpful because those are things that like you don't necessarily know. And How you, would you know? Right. You, If you are someone who is tracking ovulation or you are, I don't know, maybe trying to family plan long term or family Mm -hmm. avoid. Yeah. (laughs) Having this information is super helpful to kind of give you an idea where to start. Just know your body. Mm -hmm. You can download the results to review with your doctor for next steps. Traditional hormone testing at a fertility clinic can cost over $600, but modern fertility tests the same general set of hormones for only $179. Plus, you can get reimbursed for the test through F. 
HSA or HSA. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash tangents. That means your test will cost $159, which is a fraction of what it would cost at a fertility clinic. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash tangents. Modernfertility.com slash tangents. Krista Jordan, a psychologist um, and a couple therapist in Texas, she says, We unconsciously expect our romantic partners to act as our parents did, and therefore we act in certain ways due to these expectations. And these tendencies play out whether or not we realize it, Mm -hmm. which is huge. Yes. And um, why people who watched abusive situations tend to go into abusive situations. Yes. Because they they just assume this is the way that it's supposed to play out. The family system that you grew up in is the family system that you believed is normal. That set your expectation. And when I was trying to leave that abusive situation, and I hope this resonates with anyone who is in one who has children, what my therapist said to me was, can you imagine your child doing this? Because he's going to grow up watching this thinking it's normal. Mm -hmm. And he will either be on the other end of it like you are, or he will be doing this. Right. And how does that make you feel? And it made me feel fucking sick. Right. To think about. And I was like, it, it, that can't be what he thinks love is supposed to be like. Right. Because it's not. Mm-hmm. And I'll say that that is one of the things I'm most grateful for uh, when it comes to Shane and I's couples counseling, because there are, there are things for people in general that are hugely triggering. And I am a huge advocate for something called back chaining, which is if you're having a really big feeling and that big feeling doesn't necessarily match the um, cause, yeah, then there's a there's a deeper root. It mm-hmm. is attached to something. Mm-hmm. So go back as far as you fucking can to try to find what it is. Mm -hmm. And there were times when I would try to work with Shane and be like, Hey, this is something that I feel like you're, you're getting upset about frequently. Mm -hmm. Where do we think this is coming from? And he was like, Jerry, not everything is that deep. Not everything goes that far back. And I'm like, Oh, it does, but it does. it does, but it does. And so going to couples counseling, you know, since we've been going for a while now, um, We've been able to open up and talk with her and have her help us navigate. And there's been a couple times where like we have had aha moments like, oh, my God, this did go further back. Mm -hmm. This is where this came from. I'm attaching this feeling and this response to something now that actually is caused from uh, something unhealed back then. And especially when you think back as far as six months to two years, that is shit maybe you don't realize. But like my parents also split up when... I was, well, my sister was Noah's age. I was two and a half, almost three. Mm -hmm. So same kind of like, there was not a secure, stable relationship happening when I was in those those years. And you have to imagine that before the the divorce happened. Yeah, it wasn't good for a while. Right. It's it's not like it happened. It was like bliss, bliss, bliss. Now they don't live together. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it, it is nice knowing like, even though I can't physically remember periods of time then I'm like well it makes sense that that period of time was probably very rocky in my life yes 
to be why I react the way I do in certain mm -hmm. situations. They're reacted because it right. turns out you can't change those. And that's what we're going to talk about. So let's talk about what the four attachment styles are. Mm -hmm. So first one we're going to talk about is secure attachment. You're looking easiest. at me like you're bragging. No, because... it's a, well, that's what I wanted to talk about. I actually was waiting for a moment to say, because we did take this, the, the style quiz. And I was like, how I do I say this? I think if we were going to guess if who would have what attachment style, I don't think we would have guessed the way it came out. I got the secure one. I was shocked. Shocked I was that shocked. I got secure. I wasn't shocked that you did. I was shocked that I didn't. Did <laughs> well, to be fair... And that's why I wanted to say this because I'm almost embarrassed. Like I was embarrassed that I did because I was like, how do I go on there and not act like I'm fucking bragging? Like, how I'm, do I go on there and not tell everyone that I am amazing and no. perfect? <laughs> no, have no, it no, fucking no. sorted that I am healed because I want you to know that it didn't start like this. And the only reason I wanted to bring it up is because I want to give people, I want people to know that it is possible to get to that. And also, I want you to know that that was in regards to my romantic relationship. And I don't think I have a secure uh, attachment style when it comes to friendship. Yeah. And even you talked about work relationships. I think I'm just now getting yes. into secure with that. So, like, I don't think that it's secure yeah, overall. Over. Yeah. But and the questions were very kind of specific. To a relationship. Yes. And other things. <laughs> so, we'll talk about secure first because it's boring <laughs> i'm just kidding it is like what no, you're I supposed am. to honestly i'm so happy yeah that i feel like that is the goal not just because well, i like, don't think it i would the... be getting married if it wasn't well, yeah you know I mean? and i don't think like that it's quote unquote like there is a best but like it is the healthiest yeah. and that means that you are the the healthiest right. in your relationship in, and in, like, like the that version is, yeah. yeah and that is beautiful and amazing and everything i've ever wanted for you thank you and i am jealous i'm sorry <laughs> but you will you don't have to be doing all the right things I know. Right I know I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So those are the secure attachment style approach relation. And again, I want to say that you can bounce in and out of these. So like, yeah. it doesn't mean that you don't have it. Have sometimes. secure days. Yeah. 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 So those it's are not a fucking a, competition, it's Jerry. Not, it's not. It's hey, not, Jerry in the future. <laughs> can you tell me to calm down? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Those are the secure attachment style approach relationships with openness, confidence, and respect. They're comfortable with emotional and physical intimacy, and they can respond to their partner's needs while also being able to express their own. Someone with a secure attachment style may know how to effectively manage interpersonal conflict and may not take things personally. Instead, they may prefer to work towards creating a caring, forgiving, and supportive relationship. They're also, this is the big one, these pins. They're also not likely afraid of being abandoned, so they navigate their relationships with confidence and trust. That was always it for me before this one. It was always, I was just waiting for the moment where they would find something better. Yeah. And I don't know what it is about Corey, but I'm just like, I know that that man is, when he says that he's in it yeah. for life, he is fucking in it for life. Right. There's and no I questioning. Just, really, truly. So, like, that was a point that I had in every other relationship that I don't feel like I have now, which I think is what makes this one different. I'm having, I think, a realization that like my problem right now with not having a secure attachment style makes me feel like I'm doing something wrong. No. And, I, and I know that. Logical brain is yeah. saying all the opposite, but like I think I feel embarrassed. No, I'm glad I think that you're I saying this because I think yeah. people will realize Resonate. they don't. And yes. Yeah, so I feel like 
I am supposed to, because we are people who are sharing it with you, that I'm supposed to um, have already worked through it to a place where I feel uh, healed from it or that I have a better handle on it. And also, I don't, the other issue is I don't know what, I know what my attachment style is, but I don't know what it said. I told Sierra I didn't want to know what it said until we were on here. Yeah, I couldn't, yeah. And so there's a little bit of me that is fearful of embarrassment of like exposing myself but at the same time unless you want to no 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 I do I do want to but I know that that fear is coming from a controlling place Mm -hmm. which is I'm assuming a part of my attachment style yeah and trying to strive for perfection yeah because if you're not perfect then you're bad which is not the case it just means your work in progress and that's fine and again I am not secure in every relationship I have friends that I have not talked to in fucking years. Why do you think that is? Right. It's not because I have a secure attachment with them <laughs> or we would be hanging out more often. Yeah. It's because I have avoidant. We'll talk about that next. <laughs> okay. So ultimately, this is secure again. Ultimately, you felt safe, understood, comforted, and valued during your early interactions. So this, these are people who grew up and then had a secure attachment, which I want to say I did not. So... <laughs> But I will tell you at the end, if you are like, oh, I can't resonate with this, it doesn't mean that you won't ever have one. You can change it for yourself. So we'll give you those um, tools to try to. Ultimately, the work is your own to do, but there are tools to help you. Okay. And then it says your caregivers were probably emotionally available and aware of their own emotions and behaviors. That's a fucking tough thing. That's tough. That is not the norm. I will say that right Right. now. And maybe people will say you're wrong, but- I would I don't s- think I am. I would say um for uh, a child of a boomer. Yeah. Or even like a child of a Gen X Gen Xer, I don't think that is the norm 100%. whatsoever ever. No. They because didn't have they were going off what they were what was done to them, yes. which was not healthy yes hey guys we know that we're discussing a pretty heavy topic right now but we are going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors ready for a new and exciting career challenge at dhl supply chain you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world we're recognized as a best place to work where people are valued supported and respected dhl supply chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles previous experience in logistics is welcome but not required all opportunities no boundaries dhl supply chain apply today at joindhl.com Spring vibes are in the air, and when you bring in some of the beautiful flowers that are blooming around your house, you probably want to smell them and not your litter box. Mm-hmm. Thanks to Pretty Litter, you can. Seriously, nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odor. And I'm serious when I say that the, whatever magic is in those crystals, I cannot smell anytime. My cat will literally poop right next to me, and I don't realize that she did it until I hear her litter box start going. It's lightweight, low dust, and one six-pound bag works for up to a month. Pretty Litter's crystals also change color to indicate early signs of potential illnesses in your cat, like urinary tract infections, kidney issues, and so much more. Which is super helpful, since cats can't talk, and that's uh, important information to have. (laughs) So true. And if that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to your door. I know, because whenever I go over to Sierra's... (laughs) 
It's there. I always have some. Seriously. But it's so nice because I don't have to change it as much as normal, but I still have some on deck then whenever I do need it. And you won't run out and you don't have to go to the store and carry around a giant thing of litter. Go to prettylitter.com slash tangents to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. That's prettylitter.com slash tangents to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. Prettylitter.com slash tangents. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mental health was viewed as a um, flaw. Yeah. And also like we're only going to do something if it's to the point where you can't. Like, we need to send you somewhere. Yeah, and also we're probably going to, like, drill a hole in your brain or yeah. something. In which case, like, I think it would make sense for, uh, again, an unhealthy survival technique uh, to be like, suppress that. Don't show anyone that. Don't let anyone know that because you could get hurt. Conceal. or Don't yes. feel. Yes. Don't let it show. Mm-hmm. Elsa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, our ancestors be shooting ice out their hands truly honestly they did have ice hearts listen that movie made me like i was like there are deeper messages in here (laughs) motherfucker that i am realizing sure apply to me yeah okay um so signs of a secure attachment style include ability to regulate your emotions easily trusting others effective communication um ability to seek emotional support comfortable being alone comfortable in close relationships Ability to self-reflect in partnerships, being easy to connect with, ability to manage conflict well, high self-esteem, ability to be emotionally available. See, that's why I'm shocked that I don't have a secure attachment style because I feel like I check a lot of those boxes. Right. But alone or... Okay. We can do, you can cut that if you okay. want. Okay. No, 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 no. I won't. I won't. But you know what I mean? I think yeah, that's Yeah, I think that that's was, where I'm confused. Because like, I was confused that I did, but I do feel that way with Corey. But alone? Uh, sometimes I don't. Alone, yes. Yeah. I think... Oh, okay, okay. I think being secure is one thing, and having a secure attachment, attachment. style is different. Okay, okay, okay. All 100%. right, I'm with it. I'm yes. with it. Um, they trust their partner's intuition, and jealousy is often not an issue for them. So when I tell people that I'm not... like, I talked about it last week with Corey's ex, and we saw her i've told him before if she was out at a bar and she was very drunk and you were a sober person she came to you because she knew you and was like i need you to take me home can you take me home and he was like yeah and he took her and told me texted me i'm taking i won't say mm-hmm. her name home she was very drunk at the bar in every other relationship i've ever been in Yikes. i would be holy fucking shit like furious mm-hmm. with him i would be mad if he said no because right. i'd be like she needs a ride and you've Can you said get that her home you've said that to me so many times and not even just about his ex you've said it about you said i would Anybody. trust him to take any person home because i know that he would be doing it out of the kindness of she needs a ride yes and i just don't believe that he looks at anyone else like that right which is shocking because I thought all men did. And that's what I was led mm-hmm. to believe mm-hmm. forever was just that if you let a man alone with an yep. attractive woman, that's they're going to fuck him. Yep. <laughs> that's what it is. He can't help himself. It wasn't until Corey that he was like, that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> at all. So, yeah. And I think that. But I know that I also have that fear if I'm the woman alone with a guy. I'm like, I'm oh, totally. my God, I'm going to get fucked. <laughs> Yes. Right? There's it's like a how do I know if the guy who I'm with is, is a good person? Right. Or mm-hmm. if I'm safe with this person well, who's not I'm not in a relationship. I think with, that's you know, also why I feel that way with Corey, where I would be mad if he didn't, because I'm like, why would you make her try anybody else? I yes. know you're a safe person. You need to be the one to take her home. Yeah. 
Don't let her go home with someone else. She's wasted. <laughs> you bring her back here. Yeah. <laughs> she can sleep on our couch. I will tuck her in so gently. I'm going to make her some tea. I will. Okay. So next we're going to talk about avoidant attachment. Now, do I feel like I also have like the uh, disorganized? Yes. But I also <laughs> feel like a, I'm very, very big in avoidant attachment. Mm-hmm. This was me. This is me in almost every other <laughs> relationship. Situation. Avoidant, dismissive avoidant, or anxious avoidant are all words for the same insecure attachment style. It's defined by failures to build long-term relationships with others due to an inability to engage in physical and emotional intimacy. This is how it develops. In childhood, you may have had strict or emotionally distant and absent caregivers. Your caregivers may have left you to fend for yourself, expected you to be independent, reprimanded you for uh, depending on them, or rejected you... When expressing your needs or emotions. Oh, also being slow to respond to your basic needs. <laughs> so some avoidant producing parents are outright neglectful, but others are simply busy. Yeah. Slightly disinterested or more concerned. Slightly with- disinterested. That's honestly, I know. Like, that's a bit. <laughs> but, but think about it because yeah. there's just so much, especially I think this happened a lot with the Switch from boomers to Gen X parents, there was a huge increase in divorce that we saw, yes. which was good because it was people getting out of abusive or toxic relationships, and that was good. But at the same time, then you saw people who were single parents, mm-hmm. and there was not shared custody the way it is now. Right. Courts were really like, this is a mom's job. Yep. This is a mom's job. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever then the moms had to do it all, they were kind of like, hey, can I get five fucking minutes to watch something or to just chill out? Well, I'd also like, uh, I have a theory and maybe someone else has actually done work on this theory where instead of me, I just think about it a lot. I have this theory that boomer parents were very emotionally distant and neglectful and they were very controlling mm-hmm. as in do as I say, um, children are meant to be seen not heard uh very very a good strict. child is a quiet controlled child yes very uh ag- aggressive mm-hmm. um and so i feel as if uh, 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 on the whole not everybody we know no this, no no, so no, no, no. Just, i'm generalizing yeah um so the gen x child i feel could have felt emotionally neglected mm-hmm. but also like they What's had no control pr- it, it so they're trying to they're trying to get lo- earn love i think they're still trying to prove to their parents like look at what i could do yes yes and so now as parents it's like i had a kid because i wanted to feel close to you mm-hmm. i wanted you to be in my life i wanted you to be proud of me i wanted you to interact with me and so i had this child even though i don't necessarily know if, if I, wanted I wanted to have it, a kid yeah i did I just it thought for that you that was what i was supposed to do but also now i like being the one who can tell other people what to do because i wasn't allowed for so mm-hmm. long so i think that's where the power struggle comes in with yeah. gen x parents yeah. where they're like i never had this before and now and that's why we get you so many- Gen X parents who have millennial or Gen Z kids who are like, why are you like distancing yourself from me? I don't understand. I respected my parents. And it's like, no, you didn't. (laughs) You just wanted your parents to love you. And he thought that love was control and that like transactional. Yes. And so now that your children are like, I don't love the way that you're acting towards me because it is abusive and 
neglectful. Or, I don't like this. Yeah. I don't, I don't like this. I don't have to be around it. Yes. Just because we're related does not mean, if you guys have not listened, if you relate to any of this, listen to um, Bad For Me by Megan Trainer. It is so emotional. Mm. The lyric is, um, I know we're blood, but this love is bad for me. It's basically saying like, I get it. I get it. We're related, but I don't like how I feel. If we were not, if we did not share DNA and you were just a person that I encountered, I would not ever want to have a relationship I with you. I don't owe you anything for yes. bringing me into the world when I didn't ask to be here. Right. You did that. And, and so you wanted I don't me. owe you anything for doing that because that was selfish on your part in a way. You wanted me. My, I was attached to you in a way that was unhealthy. And now that I'm realizing it's unhealthy and I'm trying to heal those parts of me and, and take a step back, I'm, I'm realizing that as I un, undid, untethered some of those things, I'm realizing that there's actually no tie to you at all. Right. So sorry that there's no relationship there, but there was never a relationship there. It was built on fear. So why don't you build one on kindness if yes. you want one? Because no. that's how it should be transactional. It shouldn't be built on fear mm -hmm. or I owe you this because mm -hmm. I gave you this. Mm -hmm. It's why don't we build a relationship on love and kindness? Right. And, and genuine, uh, genuine like respect. respect for each other. And if you don't want to put in the work to do that, then you don't get a relationship. Period. I am not a zoo animal. No. You don't just get access to me because you, that giving birth to me mm -hmm. or being related to me in some kind of way was equal to like a season pass. Yeah. It's not. That's not how that works. Right. The other thing with avoidant parent uh, is it says that they could be slightly disinterested or they could be more concerned with things like grades, chores, or manners over feelings, hopes, dreams, and fears, which I think is a big Gen X boomer yes. parent thing. Yes. Like because I need again, to make a child who is good, quote unquote, the world deems good, quote unquote, uh, societally. Because they're a extension of, of me. me. And I need people to know that like, clap, clap, clap. You did a good job. Your kid's a doctor. Well, your kid hates you. So did you? <laughs> and do your a good kid's job? kind of a dick. Yeah, <laughs> turns out, and they are abusive to their partner. Yeah. So good job. They're a doctor, but they, they don't like you, stuff. and their partner is hurting because of them. So yeah. like, you, what did you put into the world? Mm -hmm. Toxicity. And again, if you did, you don't have to feel shame for that, but also know that it's your job to fucking fix yeah. it. Speaking of toxicity, we meant to talk about this at the beginning and totally forgot. <gasps> We are 100% aware of what's happening in East Palestine. We are safe. We are okay. We have been doing a lot of... Um, There's a lot going on in, for Ohioans that we, 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 uh, we know we don't know a lot, but also everyone here is fucking talking about it. It's very big. Yeah. Like, we, we get what's going We're on. We're trying to do the best thing um, as far... We don't want to sensationalize anything. We don't want to clog um, We don't want any to throw kind of conspiracy theories into the air. They're not helpful right now because everyone's scared and that's just perpetuating fear and making right. it bigger. So. We don't want to clog any kind of media sharing or information sharing platform with misinformation. Mm -hmm. So we're just kind of like saying nothing and just kind of trying to figure out what's best for us to do because Here. we don't want to then like report back to you and be like, I heard and I heard. And now we was like, shared a hundred thousand people. Can you blow, blow this whole thing open? We're not reporters, babe. That's no. not what we do. No. We can't, we can't, that can't be that. 
because we don't know. No. And reporters are literally getting arrested for trying to figure it out. And we don't know why. And I don't want to know why right now. Like, yeah. that's not my job. Yeah, you. It's, it's also enough for us to just have to keep our families safe and like. And they are. And they are. We are. Every Everyone's okay. It's we're we're also two people who have a lot of anxiety and hyper focusing on something that yeah. could potentially, I don't know, we could go down a rabbit hole of something that's not even true, but freak ourselves the fuck out. Which we have. So, and by we, I mean this girl right here. So, anyway, we just wanted to mention that so that people don't feel that they need to ask. We um, are okay. And, yeah. we appre- and we do appreciate everyone yeah. for asking. We just, uh, it's, it, there's a point where it's like less about I'm curious. And now I think that people, not you guys, but like the world has moved on to like, oh, conspiracy theories that are fun. And it's like, but there are real people here that are affected by those. So maybe let's stop sharing those because they're not. Yeah, because if, that's just, just, again, clogging. Fueling fear and yeah. yeah, clogging from actual information that could be put out that's real. Right. Okay. Um. So signs of the anxious avoidant attachment. Um, because as a result of your parents doing those things, children may learn to adopt a strong sense of independence so they don't have to rely on anyone else for care or support. Wow, Sierra, are you hearing this? Does it sound familiar? Okay. Um, so this is something that these are signs. Persistently avoiding emotional or physical intimacy. Was I avoidant? No, you were disorganized. No, I was, I think I was disorganized and avoidant. Disorganized is anxious and avoidant together. So you were avoidant, but it's. To, it's the two of them together got it amazing love that for me. Sorry. <laughs> which i think i because i was like i'm which relating I I to was, a lot of this i was also that at one point but i okay. think now i'm this one so yeah. um feel a strong sense of independence mm-hmm. are uncomfortable expressing your feelings mm-hmm. are dismissive of others have a hard time trusting people feel threatened by anyone who tries to get close to you spends more time alone than interacting with others believes you don't need others in your life and commitment issues Again, this is me. But back in the day, I was disorganized with all my other um, romantic relationships. Yeah. Just now, my non-romantic relationships are avoidant. That's why I'm alone a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so this is how that manifests in relationships. Um, adults with this attachment style may tend to navigate relationships at an arm's length. The need for emotional intimacy is simply lacking in this type of relationship. Um, so they're not able to reach any depth, very surface level. It's very, this is where your friends with benefit situations yeah. are going to come in. You're, I'm going to treat you like a partner, but I'm not going to put the label on it because I still want my own independence and I want to be able to break away from you at any point. So mm-hmm. I don't get hurt. Cause that's the whole base of this one is I don't want to get hurt. And if I attach myself to you and you decide to leave, then I'm the one that's hurt. Right. And I want to be the one to hurt. And I've not helped. I also want to point out that there could be people who are listening to this now who could hear something like that and label their partner and be like, hey, I think that you are avoiding me because you're afraid that I'm going to be X, Y, Z. Before you do that, one, not your job. Two, maybe ask yourself, Am I doing anything that would make this person feel like they need to activate? Oh my God, these we're going to get into an anxious attachment style later. And if those people are, they could be this type of person. So, yes, because th- these two <clears throat> tend to clash a lot. Okay. Um, okay, but this is the end of uh, avoidant. So, while they allow a romantic partners to engage with them, they avoid getting emotionally close. A partner may feel as if they can never get inside and will inevitably be stonewalled or dismissed 
when the partner feels it's too serious. Um, so then you get the anxious attachment style, which is also known as anxious ambivalent or anxious preoccupied. And this is characterized by fear of rejection, fear of abandonment, depending on a partner for validation and emotional regulation and codependent ten- tendencies. So this is how it develops. This attachment style stems from inconsistent parenting that isn't attuned to a child's needs. These children have difficulty understanding their caregivers and have no security for what to expect from them moving forward. They're confused within their parental relationships and they feel unstable. Children with this attachment style experience very high distress when their caregivers leave. Sometimes the parents will be supportive and responsive to the children's needs, while at other times they will not be attuned to their children. Hello? (laughs) Sorry, I don't know what the fuck that was. If you have an anxious attachment style, um, your parents may have also, one, alternated between being overly coddling and detached or indifferent. Been easily overwhelmed, which again is big in like the separated parents, single parent uh, Mm -hmm. place, whatever the fuck. What am I trying? Homes. Been sometimes attentive and then push you away. Made you feel responsible for how they felt. Therefore, these children often grow up thinking they are supposed to take care of other people's feelings and often become codependent. Mm-hmm. Signs that you may have an anxious attachment style include clingy tendencies, highly sensitive to criticism, real or perceived. Mm, so it could be criticism mm. that's not even there. It's just in your head. I think if you have a partner who has this attachment style and, and you're assuming it or or it's confirmed based on how they respond to quote-unquote criticism mm-hmm. um, or feedback. I have found that it is helpful to say, what did you hear me say? Yeah. Well, I know I said this and I'm, I'm seeing that your how body language you that? is is different what are you hearing me say I've done this with my sisters I did this with you whenever yeah. we had yeah. our serious conversation yeah and I asked you a question me and my avoidant when we were having any kind of conflict I immediately shut down well I asked you a question and you said I'm I'm not going to um I'm not going to explain my worth to you and I was like I didn't ask you to explain <laughs> your worth I I asked you a question because I just don't know the answer yeah but what you heard was something different. I need you to explain why yes. you matter, yes. basically. And I'm like, that is not what I said, but right. I knew because... Why I would have assumed that. Yes, yes. And and I, I could tell from your body language, I could tell from your response, but I could also, I know you well enough to know that if you're being questioned, it's because you, you felt that someone didn't think you were deserving yes and that's that I wanted you to know that that's not what I said totally and I that's happened in many relationships that I've been in it was really good because then we were able to get to where we needed to be without it just being like boom it's over I'm leaving goodbye right which is that's where it was headed it was and like it is good that we both were able to pick up on that and be like hang on hang on let's shut this let's shut it down down but yeah so I, I think that if in the moment you can kind of recognize that that person is having a reaction to something you said. And you're like, hang on a second. I What did you hear just yes, then? That's huge. What did you hear? Because mm-hmm. I, I feel like this is going to go to a much different place. And instead of getting defensive and trying to be like, I didn't even say that. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's not about that right now. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. Um, needing approval from others. Jealous tendencies. Difficulty being alone. Low self-esteem. Feeling unworthy of love. Intense fear of rejection, significant fear of abandonment, and difficulty trusting others. Mm -hmm. And this is how it manifests in relationships. 
Um, so people with anxious attachment styles usually feel unworthy of love and they need consistent reassurance from their partner. And again, I understand if this is you and you're resonating with this, there is a validation there where like, I, you know where it's coming from, but at the same time, you have to understand for that partner, that is so much strain on them to constantly have to reassure. Cause I've been that person. Yeah. I've had to be that person where it's like, Oh my God, I have to constantly make sure that you know that like, I'm not going anywhere and it's right. fine. And then that, that's the person that fucking cheated. And I was like, right. hang on, what the fuck? I can't tell you, there's been several relationships in my life where I had to finally say to the person, there is not enough things that I can say or do for you to make you it believe me if be you don't you. want to believe it. It has to be you. I remember there was a friend who had um, pretty significant, significant body dysmorphia and they oftentimes wouldn't want to go anywhere because they yeah. didn't like how they looked in their clothes and it didn't matter how many times I was like you look amazing in that outfit yes. you look beautiful you look bomb as fuck doesn't matter there's not an order of words there is not a number of times that mm -hmm. I can hit that's going to make it click with you if you don't feel it yeah so it doesn't matter and that might be important for people listening who are with somebody like that who feel the need to be a fixer because that's who i was mm -hmm. in that moment and it was like i can fix this person i can make you feel what i know you need to feel because it's how i feel for you and it's not your job but then all it does is make you feel like a failure yes. when you can't achieve that yes, because and it's an un it's unachievable it is you can't be the and one I to do it if there have been times when i have said that to people and i've said like it doesn't matter how many times i say this if you don't feel it yeah where they feel like i'm giving up on them yeah. and i'm like that's not what i'm doing but i'm asking you to, to show you. up for you it has to be you right yes it had to be you <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, that's Blue Christmas. <laughs> I always put those together. It's fine. Um, they often blame themselves for challenges in the relationship, and then they can exhibit frequent and intense jealousy or distrust due to poor self-esteem. Again, this was the person I was with. He was constantly thinking that I was the one who was doing the things he was doing to me yeah. because he was just an insecure person. It's called projection. It is. <laughs> Um, ultimately there's a deep rooted fear of being abandoned, rejected, or alone. And those fears typically express themselves in, in these certain ways. So that's that one. Mm -hmm. So this is the last one. And this is the one that I believe I probably had in every other. This is the one I currently have disorganized. Yes. Great. <laughs> so it's good. <laughs> Disorganized attachment is defined as having extremely inconsistent behavior and difficulty trusting others. So it's a bit of the two other mm -hmm. ones combined. How it develops. The most common causes of disorganized attachment style are tra childhood trauma, neglect, or abuse. Fear of their parents, their sense of safety is also present. This is what I want to say to any parents or people over like 40 that are listening who are like, I have kids and I don't like if you're feeling a sense of defensiveness right mm -hmm, now. Mm -hmm. I just want to say that when you say fear, it might not be like, I'm going to beat the shit out of you fear. But like when you, like you said, with the spitting thing, when you teach children by punishment, you are instilling fear in them. Yes. And so they learn that you are safe sometimes, mm -hmm. but you are also to be feared. And you have to understand that in that style of parenting, spanking, all those things, I understand that, like, it's to get a certain behavior, but you have to understand 
that you will also elicit another response. And fear is one of those responses. And because of that fear, this can develop. Right. Do I just, that needs a blanket statement Mm -hmm. there. Um, Children with this attachment style may seem confused. Caregivers are inconsistent and often seen as sources of comfort and fear by their children, which leads to disorganized behaviors from the child. So signs of this attachment style include fear of rejection, inability to regulate emotions, contradictory behaviors, high levels of anxiety, difficulty trusting others, signs of both avoidant and anxious attachment styles. Um, The psychologist Jordan notes that this type is also associated with mental health conditions in adulthood, including mood disorders, personality disorders, self-harm, and substance use disorders. So I think a good bit of people fall under this category. How it manifests in relationships. In relationships, people with disorganized attachment styles tend to have unpredictable and confusing behavior. Jordan says that they alternate between being aloof and independent and being clingy and emotional. While they desperately seek love, they also push partners away because of the fear of love. They believe that they'll always be rejected, but they don't avoid emotional intimacy. They fear it, and they also constantly seek it out, only to reject it again. (laughs) They perceive their partners as unpredictable, and they themselves behave in unpredictable ways within their relationships as they continue to wrestle between the need for security and fear. That's that one. (laughs) Well, what I would say um, for myself Mm -hmm. is, hmm, here's the thing. For a very long time, I have been very calculated and fearful in the way that I um, approach talking about certain things. And I don't think I'm being entirely fair to myself when I do that. because I'm protecting people. I'm protecting people who weren't protecting me. Mm. And there's a fear. Mm -hmm. I'm still afraid that being 100% honest is going to put me in a very unsafe, vulnerable, and not the good kind of vulnerable position. And I don't like that about myself not and it's not a defining character of me but I don't like that that's what my body does to protect itself because it's frustrating I'm doing an injustice to myself and I'm still serving something that is not serving me Mm -hmm. um so I can say that I resonate a lot with that and I for anyone else who resonates with that the whole when I hear going again, back and I, forth, I really did like this was was it not like that was me? Yeah, with everybody else that I was with. When when I hear it saying like it's unpredictable and going back and forth, it makes me feel as almost like it's happening, um, like constantly and like almost how they portray bipolar disorder yes, in like, like media, where it's like love happy, you, hate yeah, you, love you, hate yeah, you. Yeah, 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 like it's an exaggerated form of it, and. For me, the way that I interpret that or the way I think it manifests in me is more so like I do trust people in my relationships. Mm -hmm. I do feel safe in certain relationships, but I don't trust my reality. I don't trust that I actually um, know what's really going on. I don't feel like I can trust my own um, perception. And I also don't trust that 
people are going to always be there. I feel like I always have to be prepared to do it by myself. Mm -hmm. I have like, there were times where I didn't know if you were going to be able to continue. And I was like, I have to be ready for that. I have to be ready for if she stops or if she doesn't ever want to, I have to be ready. There's been many, many people in my life. um, And this is when I talked about how if you have one person in your life who is a narcissistic abuser, Mm. you are more likely to have another relationship with Mm -hmm. narcissistic abusers just because it's just a normal relationship for you. You don't necessarily notice the red flags. Right. You're used to it. It's like a, it's like, oh, that looks like home. That has happened with me with people who um, are more likely to have suicidal ideations or attempts. Um, And so the amount of people in my life who have either confided in me that they wanted to take their own life or that they, uh, that I have been asked, Hey, will you be the person to look out for this person? Um, I am hyper aware that at any given moment, someone in my life could take their own life Mm -hmm. and I have to be ready to handle it. I was also a parentified child. Um, and I think we've talked about that before, but if you're not sure what that means, it's essentially like a child who has to older sibling shit. Like you act as a caregiver, you take care of your younger siblings and yourself and sometimes your parents. Yes. And I, I was a parentified child. And I don't, there, there was a time where I don't know that I would have said that as wholeheartedly, but at this point, if anyone hears that and wants to challenge it, it's the fucking truth. Yeah. It's the truth. I have, there's so many moments that we could be like, what about this? Right. Like that shouldn't as that shouldn't have been my responsibility to take care of. And like we've said, a lot of these attachment styles are created in childhood. Mm -hmm. And so when you learn as a kid that you can't rely on your caregivers and you have to look out for people who are smaller than you or you have to look out for yourself or you have to be hyper aware of their mood or um, their relationship, yeah. whoever they're with. Um, when you have to be aware of those things all the time and kind of predicting what's safe. Yeah. You learn not to trust everything. Mm-hmm. You learn to be hypervigilant and just aware of everything all the time in order to protect yourself and to protect anyone else around you. Yeah. And it's exhausting. It's Mosby. But yeah, it's it's it is exhausting. Hard. The 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 very good thing that I can say is um well, number one, if you're thinking like anything that I've said resonates with you and you're like this is who I am. One, you could be all, you could be interspersing between them. And also you have the ability to change them. You don't have to sit in that and make it forever. Um, And and that's such a powerful thing that I've realized within myself. Like when I took that quiz and I saw secure because I answered it very honestly. It was very triggering to take. I'll tell you it, that. It really was. So please be careful. And the person who sent it to me told me that. So I was like, thank you for that heads up. Yeah. Um, because I did not expect the answers that I gave to be what it was. But I think it's because of the relationship that I was 
talking about, which was me and Corey. Yeah. But um, like I said, it is tough because there are other relationships where I feel like not secure in, but it's powerful knowing I can change that. Yep. That is in my control. Mm-hmm. And that's fucking awesome. Well, and I think know. when you were talking about being secure, and I do feel I have a secure attachment with myself. Yeah. And I know that I can be reflexive. Reflexive? <laughs> reflective. I know that I can be introspective and ask myself, like, the hard questions. Like, I've, I've done it with you. Yes. I've had to ask myself, like. Yeah, our relationship has been great. Business-wise. <laughs> yes. And I think it's because I've had to ask myself, like, are you trying to rescue her? Are you mm-hmm. trying to anticipate her needs? Are you trying to be hyper-independent? Yes. Are yeah. are you doing this because you think she can't mm-hmm. or because you you actually want to? Right. And I have to do that frequently in my relationships. And I have to, uh, it is something I have to actively work against and I don't know how long it's going to take for me to not have that be my default but it is important for you and I to remember that the people that you're interacting with also have to do that yeah because it is up to them as well and if they don't that's not on you right because that's what I had to realize is like if you can't get because at first I thought like it was almost like I was excusing it. Like, I know I understand because I was the same. And then when I got to the point where I feel like now it's secure, I'm like, hey, wait, you can change it. Yeah. You're just not putting in the work to do it. Right. And that's not fair to me that I have to keep like trying to fix it because mm-hmm. it's not my job. Or keep putting myself back in that situation. Yeah. Lighting myself on fire to keep you warm. Like, it's not fair. It's It's not. And I think that when I started going to therapy, that's why I... In my grief cycle, I bounce. I go to anger a lot. Yeah. I bounce between sadness and anger a lot because I'm, I'm sad because I don't know who I would be mm-hmm. without the trauma that I experienced as a child. I right. don't know who that person would be. I like who I am now. I'm grateful for me, essentially, for overcoming things and and how I've handled it. I'm proud of where we are, but. I'm sad because I look at pictures of me as a as a child and I'm like, oh my God, the shit that you had to go through, especially as my children get to mm-hmm. those ages, mm-hmm. I can't imagine Mm-mm. them experiencing it. And, but then I, that's when I moved to anger and I'm like, mm-hmm. how could you let that fucking happen? How could the, how could the people in my life watch that happen mm-hmm. and and be okay with it. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of times it's because they didn't know any better. I yeah, know it's because it was fine. what they experienced. But also now you do. But I'm also allowed to be mad. Yeah. I'm also allowed to experience the cycle of grief. And I'm also allowed to set a boundary and be like, you know what? I don't feel like I'm in a place where I can have a healthy relationship with people okay. because I'm so upset I'm so angry and I'm working through that but I I also know that on the other side of it nothing's changing Mm -hmm. there's not there's there are not things being done to make sure that the 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 toxic cycles that led me here are any different especially when you know how much work you're putting in to yes. change it and you're like god damn i'm doing all this shit it's hard you put a little bit in as well because like i know it's not easy but i'm doing it right and other people it's not just for you like if you were like i don't give a fuck because fuck my life it's like fine but also your life is affecting other people's lives 
Yes. So could you try just a little? I said this to my dad the other day. I was like, I think of it like Domino's. And I think I've talked about this on here, not the pizza. Um, <laughs> but that's also delicious. Again, I do think I've said almost that exact thing on here. <laughs> but when, if if I zoom out and I see my life as like a, a domino effect kind mm-hmm. of thing, I want to make sure that when when I engage with someone else and I knock my domino into their domino and they knock into someone else, that it's for a positive reason. Yeah. That the ripple effect that I cause in people's lives is for the better. Yes. And if it's not, that I do what I need to do to, to rectify that and also make sure moving forward that it's not something that is a repetitive thing. Because at that point, you're just a fucking bulldozer. Yes. And you're wrecking shit down. And you don't care because you're getting to where you need to go and you don't care that you're running over other things. Right. Or you expect other people to just get out, out of your way. way. No. Yeah. So here's the good thing. You can change these. And here's how you can tra- transition. Again, I will give you some tools. This is ultimately your work you have to do. Um, If you believe you have an insecure attachment style, here's how you can change it. So sometimes this does happen naturally. And I think that's kind of what happened for me a little bit. I was also in therapy at the time, so I think it helped. But like engaging in a relationship with someone who already has a secure style can help you become more secure in return. The way that Corey immediately trusted me, no questions asked, and didn't feel jealousy towards me made me want to be a better like person and, and give him that in return. Yeah, because I've said before that this is the first monogamous relationship I've ever seen her in. <laughs> I think that was also why. I was just yeah. like, I don't want to cheat on you because you trust me so fucking much. Yeah. Like, it was shocking. Without you having to prove it. No, he's never tried to go through my phone. He's never questioned where I... Like, I mean, if he questions where I'm at, it's just so I can come home and hang out with him. Like, <laughs> yeah. If it's too long, he's never... He is not a jealous person. And that to me was like such a beautiful thing to have bestowed on me that I wanted to like give it to him as well. So like in that kind of thing, it was almost like, I want to be like you. And I tell him that all the time. I'm like, I think you made me a better person because I was like, I want to do that because I saw what it felt like to have it done to me. I thought I had to earn that Mm -hmm. for a very long time. I thought I had to earn the way that he loved me. Right by doing certain things and that I wasn't worthy of it. If it didn't happen to me, I didn't earn it well enough. And so when he just gave it to me without having to earn it, it was such a beautiful, like, Oh my God, I don't have to earn that. That's just the way it's supposed to be. Right. Um, also aging may play a factor. So I think the older you get, it is tough in your teens and early twenties. Boy, is it fucking tough. Your brain is not fully developed. Yeah. And you're trying to unlearn a lot of things that you've had to go through. So, And a lot of times, you may not even know. Yeah. It took me until I was 29 years old before I realized that... I remember someone um, telling me, Hey, um, I think maybe... Methinks there was some trauma mm-hmm. when you were growing up. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> we're like, Absolutely offended. not. And And... When I was, when I first went to therapy, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know. And I think, and maybe anyone who relates to me and has the disorganized attachment style, if you are fearful to your core of therapy, Mm -hmm. my guess is it's because of your attachment style. Because why would you believe that someone is going to hear you 
and tell you you're the bad guy care about you and validate you why would someone that well that's what it's it's almost like you think that you're gonna tell all your problems and they're gonna hear that and and reinforce that you're the problem yes and that's not what happens in therapy i mean will they call you on some shit yeah but they also i thought they were gonna call me on everything i did and a lot of times they were like why do you think that that's Mm -hmm. happening and Mm -hmm. it was more so like oh shit yep Let's get down to the root of it and not that the root of it is your bad. Right. It's what happened. Yes. What happened to you, not what's wrong with you. Yeah. Um, there's actually a study that suggests that attachment styles can become more secure over time simply because the older we get, the less time we have for relationships that don't meet our needs or make us mm, happy. Mm, Boom. Mm-hmm. And you if just you realize, are... we were just talking about that the other day where it's like we see a pattern in people who are over 50 or 60 and they're yeah. like, deciding that the relationship they thought they were going to be in forever isn't the relationship they're going to be in forever and it's like why not um i had an old boss that this was happening to and it was almost like they were just so she i remember her saying to me i don't know if i have a lot more time left so why the fuck would i want to spend it like this yes and it was such like a it was sad that she thought that she had to because it was her high school sweetheart yep that she was with it normally is and it's like she was finally done. Her children were old enough. She had grandchildren. But at the time, she was like, why would I want this to be? It's so sad when I think about it because. It's your life. Yeah. You've been living your life for someone else for so for long. so long. And no one asked you to do that. No. You thought you had to, but that's not true. That's a lie that you were told and then continued to tell yourself. Mm-hmm. And anyone, it makes me so sad when I hear people being like, well, I mean, I've already put this much time in. This is, it is what it is. That's a fucking, what's that time thing that we talked about? It's sunk, sunk, sunk time, time cost. cost. It's a fallacy. But, but all I hear is that you're a zombie. Yeah. You are, you just are going through the motions. You're dead. And like, I've been that. I have been survival mode. I'm just going through the motions. As long as I get another day under my belt, I'm good. And it's like you're living like, to it's survive. Whatever. You're not living to thrive. And you deserve to live to thrive. Because life is fucking beautiful and you don't, you get one shot at it. So why the fuck wouldn't you want to make it the best that you can make it? Yeah. You don't have to stay stuck in the fucking, with your feet in the mud. Mm -hmm. When you can get out, the road is right there. Like, get to the road. Yeah. Start running. Get to the chopper. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Choosing to take an active role in changing your style is often what helps the most. So there's some... Simple steps here that you can take that, but again, this is you having to do the work. I would also like to say, sorry, I just imagined you at a different time hearing you say that about the road and know that you would be like, fuck you. Okay. <laughs> do you know how hard it is? Well, that's to what just I mean. Stand. Sometimes that mud is fucking sticky. Yeah. But if you're feeling that feeling, I want you to look at me because I was that person. Mm-hmm. And, and, I never want people to think that I'm like, just fucking do it. Get up and fucking do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, no, no. We're like not toxic positivity you. And that's why I brought no. it up because because you four years ago would, would have, have been, been like, like, it's not that easy. But I also know me four years ago was looking for an excuse to stay comfortable because it was easy. Um, mm-hmm. That's just what it is mm-hmm. because it was hard. It was fucking hard to do the work and on myself you it was the hardest thing i've ever done when you've never experienced something like what we're experiencing now and i don't mean like financial independence and a fulfilling job but like uh, healthy relationships like just happiness yeah. 
Yes, just, just happiness. Just not hating waking up Living. in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, when you've never experienced that, it feels impossible. And so it's like you think that even if you do get out of the mud and you step on the road, it's just going to turn into mud. <laughs> that yeah. like it, it mud follows matter. me wherever the fuck I go. Yes. You're like, and there is no getting true. out of this. It's not true. And that's what I want people to know. I never want people to think I'm being a toxic positivity, but I also don't want people to think that they are stuck living one yeah. certain way or to use it as like, well, this is just the way it is. Cause that's what I used to do. I used to be like, I'm going to be depressed my whole life. I'm going to be sad. And you my will. Whole life. And, and you will, if that's your mindset, but, but like you, you if are you have, in control. If you, you have clinical are. depression, you're going to have it. But you don't have to be a victim of it. That's it. You're in control. And that's, it, it's scary, but it's also was, when I found out I was in control, I was like, that's terrifying. That's a lot of decisions mm-hmm. to make. But it was also so empowering to be like, I get to change this. These people made this my life up to this point, but now it's my job. Yes. I get the power. I'm in control. And that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm so sorry. So here we go. Here's what you can do. Number one is identifying your attachment style. So if you want to take that quiz, you can go ahead and take that quiz. It's Knowing yep. is power, but also don't let that be your excuse. Mm-hmm. It is powerful because then you can create a sense of self-awareness on your attachment type, and then you can gain a clear starting point on your journey to getting a secure style. So one of the best ways to do this with the support of a mental health professional, obviously, if mm-hmm. you don't have that, then here's what you can do. Um, you can learn from others. So anybody who you think might have a secure relationship style at all, if you learn with them, platonic friend, a part, a a romantic partner, anything, like I said, there is a lot that like hanging out with certain people made me, it's, it's weird, but they say like, um, things like if you, who you surround yourself with, yeah, if you want to. If you surround yourself with people that you're like, God damn, you're fucking awesome. It makes you want to be that. Like, it makes you want to strive to be better. Um, You can also create an intentional connection with those who you perceive as having a secure attachment. And therefore, like, you know, just like I said, with the me and Corey thing, it gets you on a deeper level. Um, Therefore, it can provide you with a trusting space where you can freely and safely experience a secure bond, even if it's through a platonic friendship. And then again, you can realize, hey, life doesn't actually have to be where one of us has like a a hold or a control over the other. Well, and I also think that it's important to remember, too, that hold on, repeat the sentence that you said. That Creating you just an read. intentional connection with those um, can help you observe secure behaviors, or it can also provide you with a trusting space where you can freely and safely yes, experience that one. The re- a secure bond. What I was going to add on to that is, like we said in the beginning, every, all of these patterns of behavior, all of the um, kind of neurological like red flags that go off, alarm bells that go off when you experience some of these things, you have to actively go against them. This They're was, telling you you're in danger. And this you, also says, keep in mind that your new habits aren't born overnight. This is right. not going to be something that happens. You wake up one day and you're like, I'm secure person. It doesn't happen and like I, that. What I want you to know is it's going to, it's going to feel very, very scary. It it's going to feel very uncomfortable. It, it is your entire body has to, um, You have to actively choose to do the thing that Mm -hmm. your body was trying to protect you from. Mm -hmm. And you have to tell yourself, and I'm saying this because I had to do it. I have to do it. I have to tell myself, 
you're safe now. Mm-hmm. This is when Barbara, uh, you guys remember Barbara? This is when Barbara would tell me like adult Jerry can tell little Jerry that you're, you're safe. Good. Yeah. Because little Jerry experienced these things and is like, uh oh, red flag. We're gonna something bad is gonna happen. And you have to actively be like, that's not true. Mm-hmm. And you have to do it so many times that you kind of reroute it. You yes. you create a new neurological path that now you're not sending off alarm it bells. It takes a long time. It took me years, mm-hmm. years and years and years. Um, also, if you're living with a mental health condition like dependent personality disorder or borderline personality disorder, it may be way more effective to work with a mental health professional yeah. for these things. So I want to say that that as well. But you can also be reflective and proactive. So um, it's important to work through strategies uh, that help you become aware of distorted thought patterns, like yes. we've said before. So here's some tips. You can keep an emotions journal. So um, record your most recurrent emotions when you think about your relationships, and this can help you identify patterns. Right. For example, do you typically feel others don't love you enough? Why? Write it down when you're feeling that feeling. What did they do that made you have that thought? Was it something they did, or was it just something perception. in your mind? yeah. Record the evidence. I told you about this one, mm-hmm. which I thought was amazing. Once you identify your most recurrent thoughts and emotions about relationships, identify the evidence that would support or contradict those thoughts. So let's say that your partner is showing you they love you. Corey used to show me he loved me in very different ways than I was ever used to. I was very used to physical affection. And like, he's a physically affectionate guy when we're alone. He is not a PDA type guy out together. So I was like, you're not touching me enough, which he does more now. Yeah. But like back then it was very, that's not his love language. Um, so he was like, he's just a, you even said this, he's a very conversation guy. And so he would text me every single morning and every single night. Let me know he made it home. Let me know. Hello. Like, and I'm a worry, like an anxious person. Mm -hmm. So if you don't text me that you made it home, I think you crashed and died on the side of the road. That is just what's happening in my mind. It's terrible that that's what happens. But if you don't, I will think the worst. Yeah. And so. His way of showing me he loved me was making sure that he let me know all the time, hey, I made it home. I'm safe. It's cool. Good night. I love you. Blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? He didn't even have to say I love you. Just like, I made it home. Hope you're having a good night. Good night. And like writing those things down, being like, look, this is evidence. It can show your brain when you're thinking those thoughts. No, this person does love you. And here's why. Right. I had to do that. Um, if you guys remember, I started a family channel and I only did like four videos. It's because it was a lot of fucking work it's and so- I was not in a good place mm-hmm. mentally. But the reason I'm so grateful that I even had those videos is because I thought that I was such a failure as a mom and as a partner and as just like, I don't know, a caregiver that I had to physically watch videos of myself yes interacting with my children yes to be like look at what i was doing though because yes. you feel like constantly we've talked about this when you look back on your memories you will always distort them yeah and you it see it like, through a filter and who I helped you create that filter yeah yes or maybe i did more than i thought i did and so it's nice to have video evidence yeah. of that the other thing is pushing the pause button so um Instead of reacting immediately to what you assume is happening, like you said, you wait to calm down, you identify the evidence, and then you respond based on that. So instead of being like, you don't fucking love me, and now I'm going to (laughs) freak out on you about it, you maybe take a step away, Mm -hmm. 
review all the things they do, and then come back with a clearer head because it is really hard. And well, no, uh, it's really easy to to go with emotionally charged feelings yes. instead of like critically thought feelings. Yes, that Very is one easy. thing that I view as a strength of mine. And honestly, it was born out of my trauma is that I recognized that the more emotion that I had when communicating my feelings or my thoughts or in responding to situations, the less like used against you. Yeah. Yeah. And the less responsive the person was, the less validated I felt. Yes. So if I was in that situation, I would actively try to strip every bit Mm -hmm. of emotion from it. So you're basically gray rocking. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's where I'm struggling is I do a lot of these things, but almost to a detriment of myself. It's the pendulum thing where like I go, I've gone so far in the other direction. Right. And at times I do try to, to challenge them, but it is, it is so ingrained in me to still default to I have to be prepared to do everything alone. Right. I have to be prepared for everyone to fail me mm-hmm. in some way. Mm-hmm. And that is not a good thing no. to think of other people either because no. like thinking that people are going to fail you in your life is just like, well, that's not nice. Me, right? It is. It's, it's, it's not like, your fault, but yeah. Right, right. But it, is, it isn't fair to those other people. Right. Yeah. But little Jerry in me is like, yeah, and it wasn't fair to me that I had and to do not. it by myself. And You're right, not. girlfriend. I want, I want all those people to know it's not, but now you're big Jerry and you, you got to think of the other people too. I know. <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh, wow. Next one is think of the other person. (laughs) Part of having a secure attachment style is becoming accountable for your role in your relationship. For that, you may want to think of how your behaviors are affecting the other person. Are you distrusting someone without evidence of them doing anything? Um, Are you pushing anyone away that truly cares about you? Sierra? (laughs) Because of your own shit? Uh, I do that. People will be like, Jerry, why did you not tell me any of this was going on? And I was like, because I could do it on my own and it's okay. And they're like, you don't have to. Why would I tell you? Yes. (laughs) Um, Assess your choices. Relationships happen between two people. As important as it is to become accountable for your part, it may also be a good idea to look at the bond objectively. Are you perhaps choosing partners that reinforce an insecure attachment? Yeah. That's very important because as much as we want to say like, you can work on yourself. If you're with someone who refuses to work on their self, it's not going to work. Well, and, and that's the point where you just have to like, to, like. Sometimes I feel like if you're not ready to work on yourself, you can seek out relationships that validate the reason that you feel that way yeah. to be like, I'm not wrong. People just make me feel this way. Yes. No, no. You're, you're seeking out relationships that reinforce that because challenging it feels harder and scarier. Yeah. And if you're me six years ago. It's not your job to fix anybody. <laughs> you don't need to put that work in and they're not going to appreciate it anyway. So like. And if you're me three days from now, <laughs> you're allowed to ask for help. Yes. And you're allowed to count on other people and other people do give a shit what's happening in your life. Like 100%. you're allowed to tell them when you're feeling things. A hundred percent. They want you to. Oh my God. The next one is communicate openly. You are nailing this. <laughs> I know what to do. It's just, I know mind body. Yeah. Expressing how you feel in a clear way can help your partner recognize your needs and respond to them. It may also help you increase your confidence in the safe spaces your relationship provides again, but this all works with 
if you're with people who yes. are willing to work on themselves as much as they're willing to work with you. Right. Because if people are fucking gaslighting you, then that's going to be pretty tough to or challenge if, those messages. If they just think like, like we said earlier, this is who I am. I had a boss also whose partner used to say all the time, yeah, that's who, just who she is. Yeah, you got to deal with her. That's who she is. Yeah, we all know that that's how, that's how she deals with things. And it's like, but how she deals with things is abusive and mean and toxic to other people. And I don't have to put up with that. So guess right. what? You can fucking do that all you want. I don't have to deal with you then. I don't have to ever fucking talk to you again. I don't have to work for you. I don't have to do shit with you. Right. Just because you choose to be a toxic piece of shit doesn't mean that I need to sit around and hang out with it. Right. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. We're all old enough. We have enough fucking resources. We all have access to the internet for the most part. Yeah. You know what you need not what you need to do, but what you could do. You have access to figuring it out at least. You do. And if you're hurting other people intentionally or unintentionally and you know you're hurting other people and you're not actively trying to fix it, you're not being a good person. Right. Period. Right. So just counterproductive habits of mind. That was the other episode. I yes! put it in I put it in uh like text form on the video, but of course audio people didn't get that. But counterproductive habits of mind. You, Check those. You have to be able to I, I have this talk with Noah sometimes because we'll we'll have issues where we have to learn some lessons and it's understandable. And instead of being like, Noah, you're bad, I'll just be like, Noah, what you did could hurt somebody and i know that you're a good person i know you don't want to hurt people but that action that you took is hurting somebody so like just be cognizant right if that's a choice you want to make that's your choice mm -hmm. but understand that you're hurting somebody and i know that you're a good person mm -hmm. and you don't want to hurt somebody well and i've even started it with ollie because he will take something and we don't force our kids to share but we also don't encourage just ripping toys away from steal, people. Steal, yeah. right? And so he'll rip a toy away from his brother. And I will explain to him like, hey, I get that that's something that you wanted to play with. Mm -hmm. But understand it, when you take things from people like that, they don't like it and they may not want to play with no. you anymore. And yeah. that's that is totally reasonable. Yep. So if you enjoy playing with people, you have to be aware that your actions May might make be, them not want to. Yeah, and that might hurt their feelings. Yes. That, and I don't think that a lot of people want to do that. Right. So, like, not that you have to constantly think about other feelings, but it is nice. No, but to think like about other if, you, people. if you like your friends and you want to play with your friends, don't do stuff to make your friends not want to play with you. Mm -hmm. And, I don't know, spitting on them, hitting them, and taking their stuff is going to be... And also... You're not going to like it if your brother starts fucking going back at you because he's that, big, that boy is a big boy. stacked. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. That's all I have on yeah. that. Uh, obviously, if, Thank if, you. That if was there's a, lot. a bigger um, issue, a deeper issue, it is important to seek mental health. And um, the goal is to get a mental health professional that can help you. We know that's not always accessible, so that's why we give you alternatives. Yeah. But... If this feels like something that is completely out of your control or too much for you to take on on your own, you don't have to. So that's the the biggest thing that I want right. to tell you is that you can, there is you can ask for help. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. Um, please keep this conversation going in uh, all of the different places. I loved how uh, engaged everyone was after sundown um, town. Sundown town. Um, I love when we're able to come together this is the part of our community that makes our community so special to yeah. me so um 
Thanks, guys, for hanging out. Uh, we love you so much. We do. We'll see you next week. All right. We're out. Goodbye. exciting career challenge at dhl supply chain you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world we're recognized as a best place to work where people are valued supported and respected dhl supply chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles previous experience in logistics is welcome but not required all opportunities no boundaries dhl supply chain apply today at joindhl.com Meet the next generation of podcast stars with Sirius XM's Listen Next program presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with Sirius XM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.